0: Hello and welcome to the River and Panhandle's weekly podcast. We are so excited that you are tuning in for this week's message. Before we get started, there are a few things that we would love for you to do. Share it, subscribe, and rate the podcast. So the message is about to begin. We hope that you are encouraged and that you always remember no role is insignificant. Every life matters, and go out and make a difference. Colossians
1: 3 is my favorite chapter, apart from the Gospels maybe, it's my favorite chapter in all of Scripture. We've walked through Colossians 1, we've walked through Colossians 2, and now we're diving back into Colossians 3 for the month of September. And I could not be more excited about this. Turn with me, if you will. Colossians 3, verses 1 through 4, this morning. <clears throat> calling this message for today, verses 1 through 4, we're calling it raised. And I want to share with you what that means, what it looks like for you and me to be raised with Jesus. Verse 1 If then, You have been raised with Christ. Seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. We know Jesus has been raised from the dead. Amen? We can agree with that. We like that part of the verse where this gets complicated for us is when then it contains a response. It demands a response from us. If, then. If we have been raised with Christ, then seek things that are above. It's not enough just to say, Jesus is raised, hallelujah, and then go about our lives. It demands a response from us. This morning I want us to walk through a little bit of what that looks like. If you claim to follow Jesus. You declare him as a savior of your life. You have given your life over to Jesus. He has saved you from your past sins. If you are in Christ, you also have been raised with Christ. You have been delivered from the old way and given a new way. You are not just a product of of his hard work and his glory and all the might and the overwhelming, overcoming power of his life over death and over sin. You are not just a product of that. You are an heir to the kingdom of God with him. He has made you a son and a, or a daughter of resurrection. You have been raised with Christ. And if that is true, then we get to... And we must celebrate that the old is gone and the new has come in us. And it raises some questions, doesn't it? It raises a question for us. Primarily, I don't know about you, but for me, it raises the question, can I really claim resurrection in my life? I do things, say things, choose things daily in my life that cast a shadow on the resurrection of Jesus in me. That's called sin. And while yes, I am guilty of sins in my life, by the grace of God, because of his overwhelming overcoming power over death, his victory over death, and because he has called me to be a son of resurrection with him, I am not found guilty of sin in my life. And neither are you. You have been set free from that sin. You have been raised from that sin. And so when he says, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, it's an invitation for you and me to live a different life, to walk a new path, to live and breathe and enjoy and worship and sing and give and serve in a brand new way, not because of anything we have done, but because of everything he has done. He has made us new. If then the condition has been eliminated. We don't do anything for Jesus that he has not made us to do. We cannot do or be good enough. We cannot make him happy with the things that we do with our lives. It's what's in us now, the new life that makes him happy, that pleases the heart of God. You have been raised with Christ. Therefore, the call is to seek him and then everything we do gives him glory when that becomes our heartbeat and the way we think then everything we do pleases the heart of God tim keller pastor and author says it this way and i'm not going to do this quote justice but he says this everything hinges on the resurrection of jesus if we believe that jesus christ has been raised from the dead then we should obey everything, every word that Jesus says. If we don't believe that Jesus has been raised from the dead, then what do his words matter? But because Jesus has been raised from the dead and there is no argument for that, then everything Jesus Christ says to us is a call and an appeal for us to be part of His family and to reflect His glory, to be salt and light, to deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow Him, to go and make disciples, teaching them, showing them with all authority, Jesus said, I have given you power to be an overcomer over this world. And we get to live in that. There's freedom and joy in that. It's no longer an obligation, but it is a great, great privilege. I love how Jesus said it Himself. Luke 20, verse 36. For you, you, He says, they cannot die anymore because they're equal to angels and sons of God, daughters of God, being sons and daughters of the resurrection. He called you. To live not just as a superhero, but to live as a supernatural victor in the name of Jesus. John 4 14, he said, Whoever drinks of this water will never be thirsty again, for the water that I give him will become a spring of water welling up inside us to give us eternal life. Has nothing to do with the breath we breathe and the steps we take or the things we do, and it has everything to do with being a child of God. It's him who did it, not us. It's really, it's simple. It kind of comes down to this. Jesus died for you and wants your attention in all things. In things. He's called you to seek Him, to find Him in all things. Listen, this has everything to do with the will of God for your life. It's not where you go. It's not the mate you choose. It's not the job you have. It's not where you live. It's not how you spend your money or save your money. It's in all things, setting your mind on things above. In every decision you make, In every person you love, in everything you choose, in every place you go, every purchase you make, I'm not just asking God, God, is this what you want for me? It is, Jesus, in everything I do today, you be glorified. I want to honor you with the way I live and the way I spend and the way I walk and who I care about and where I go and what I do. Everything in all things. He wants it all. He doesn't just want... The moments. He doesn't just want you to have a a thought in a good moment where you go, man, I need to pray about this. He wants you to pray in all things. Jesus, help me be and do and go who, where, what you want me to be in all things. It's our minds set on things above where Christ is. God, I want to find you. God, I want to know you. God, I want to be with you. I want to experience you. I want to live in you. You can't know what to do until you understand who you are. And if you were a child of God today, who you are, what you are, how you live, all of it has been bought by Jesus on the cross, and sealed by Him in His resurrection. Who you are is a son or a daughter of resurrection. It's a child of God. You belong to Him. So all things matter to Him. All things are His. He wants all things in your life. This is a great promise. But there's also a powerful revelation Watch this, verse two. Set, if then you've been raised with Christ, seek Him, verse two, set your mind on things that are above, not on the things of earth. Setting your mind isn't just what you think about all the time. I don't know about you. If I had to measure my life based on the things I think about throughout the day... I would be a terrible christian. I mean i 'd be the worst right I, I can already tell you this morning i've thought about i've thought about my my dogs and the way my male dog just stinks of <laughs> of his gas <laughs> ungodly i've thought about how I wish it was. September 10th, so the Cowboys were playing? I've I've thought about, already this morning, I've thought about, what am I going to have for lunch today? Just stupid stuff. If I was defined by all those things, if you were defined by the things you've thought about this morning, you would be a terrible follower of Jesus. But you're not defined by that. Setting your mind on things above is not just what you think about It's choosing for your life. I want to understand who he is and I want to know his ways and I want to enjoy him more. It's how you see God. It's how you see the person of Jesus Christ. It's how you breathe the person of the Holy Spirit in your life. I need him to make me right with God. I want to breathe him in and breathe him out. God, help me do that today because I'm going to be bombarded by a million different things that do not matter. That's our life. It's just the way we live. Setting your mind on things above means I want to see him in the right light. Set your mind on things. Seeking him in things, and setting your mind on things that truly matter. On all the things that God has done for us. The the next question then is, on whom do you rely? Or on what do you rely for your life? Just to make it through, what do you rely on? That's the question for this verse. I want to seek Him in all things, and I want to rely on Him for all things. It's just discovering him and living in him and and surrounding yourself, watch this, with people who also are trying to figure this out and do this kind of life together. It's creating a community of people that draw you closer to Jesus. Scripture says bad company corrupts good character. Well, that's a fact. Because we're all surrounded by people, even if they love Jesus, They don't act like Jesus, amen? Even the people we love in our home, even if they are Christians, they don't always act like Jesus. Sometimes I don't act like Jesus. I admit that. We were on the highway for the last few days driving, and there were times when I had encounters with semi-drivers, some of you are truck drivers, no, nothing personal, right? When I did not act like Jesus on the highway. And my wife had to witness it. I see some of you right now going, Huh? So let's leave that illustration. Let's just talk about the daily living where we get bombarded with things that assault our life and our character and our hearts. And then we turn our eyes away from Jesus and we start worrying about our stuff. That's not what Jesus has for you. Jesus died and rose for depression and anxiety and fear and addiction and your past to set you free so that when you do, even when there are consequences on this earth for the choices that you made because of Jesus, you have been set free. (laughs) That's how we set our mind on things, not because of our past but because of our future, our glorious future in Jesus. He has empowered you to overcome all temptation to sin. doesn't mean you're going to stop sinning. You're going to fight that battle daily. But Jesus Christ has given you everything you need for life and for victory. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, No temptation has overtaken you, has overwhelmed you, has overcome you, except that that's common to men. But when you are tempted, he will provide a way out. Why? So that you can stand up under it and say, nothing in my life is going to keep me from God. Romans 8. Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. (laughs) He's given us new life. Philippians 4.19 says, my God will supply all your needs every moment, every fear, every doubt, every want, every struggle. He supplied all, all of it, every need of yours, according to the riches, glory in Christ Jesus. That's why then, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that says, if anyone is in Christ, he She is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. It's because Jesus looks at your life and he does not any longer judge you based on your past. Now we get judged because and for our future. (laughs) Jesus looks at you and all he sees is, You are mine. (laughs) That's good. I don't know who needs that this morning, but it's every one of us. Am I right? We set our mind on things because the old died. It stopped at the cross of Jesus Christ. And the new began at the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The old died and the new has come. And you are a son and a daughter of that resurrection if you are in Christ. Look at verse three. Four, if you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. If you have died, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. No take backs Jesus has not, will not, will never change his mind about your life. Because he died and rose from the dead for your life, payment for your sins. And he will never change his mind about you. There are no take backs, no go backs. You do not have to go back and start doubting and worrying and fearing. What about blank? If I, Jesus could never forgive me. Of, I mean, I made a decision in my life and it hurt me so many people. And I'm, does God forgive me of that? There are no go backs, no take backs, no go backs. A few years ago, Ashley and I were in Colorado and we. We're gonna have a long drive. This is when we lived down in the dirty South, DFW. We, and, and so it's a long way, long, long way from Colorado. So we decided to spend our last night a little bit further South in Colorado. And we stayed in this little town called Crestone. Crestone, Colorado is super weird, like freaky weird, like Babylonian ziggurats. And I mean, it's just weird. It's not cigarettes, Ziggur, it's like, never mind. And all this like really artisan kind of weird, like voodoo stuff, just weird, just a weird town. In fact, we pulled up in there and Ashley was like, man, I've got a dark sense in my spirit about this place. And we stayed there and sure enough, I mean, just the whole night was just icky and and we got up and we left and we're like, glad to have that behind us. And we said, we'll never stay there again. So a few weeks ago, we decided to go back to Colorado and I found this really cute little cabin that backed up to the Spanish peaks and you could see the mountain, the sunrise and across this huge San Luis Valley and see the sunset, a beautiful little spot, right? And it's just us and the dogs. And then we get up there and we pull into town and we're like, is this the place we said we would never come back? Sure enough, we found ourselves in Crestone, Colorado this week. And we said, never again. So this time I can guarantee you, we are never going back to that place again, right? They don't even have food that's any good. I mean, everything about it's bad. We tried to order a burger the last night and she was like, do you have any sides? And he goes, no, we don't have any fries. We're like, okay, do you have any sides? No, I don't have fries. You know, never mind. Never mind. We're just going to eat some of the dog food. We're good. And we're never going back to Crestone. You never have to go back to your past because Jesus Christ died and rose from the grave because you are not a prisoner of your past. You're now a child of eternity with God. Your life has been redeemed and set free. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's worth worshiping him. Amen. That's why he's called us to set our mind in all things, on all things for him. And now we get to live in this beautiful future where no things can keep us from Jesus. Nothing can keep us from Jesus. Our sight has to be locked in on Jesus no matter what. Listen, depression is your fear of your past. Guilt and shame, it's fear of your past. And God is not about it. Anxiety is your fear about what's coming. And God is not about it. The enemy, Satan, the devil, who prowls like a roaring lion, seeking whom he will devour. He is the God of depression, guilt, shame, and anxiety. Your God, Jesus Christ, has overcome every bit of it so that you can live in him in the moment. You can worship him forever and ever as a child set free from all of it so that no Things get in between you and God. This is why he's called us to set our mind on things that are above. If anyone is in Christ, he, she is a new creation. You know what that means? It means when God the Father looks at you as a Christian, as his child, as his son, as his daughter, he doesn't see any of the stuff in your life that you worry about. All he sees is Jesus. He didn't see all that. Why? Because you have been made new by the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and you are now his. You belong to him. No things, just one thing, the payment of your life to the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. (laughs) You've been bought. You belong to him. Is this good? It's why then we get hidden in Jesus. So when he says, if you've been raised, you have been raised, therefore your life is hidden with Christ. That's what that means. God just looks at your life and all he sees is the covering of Jesus over your life. That's good news. That's worthy of singing and praying and celebrating and taking communion and baptism next week and all these things. It's all worth it because Jesus Christ has done that for us. Look at verse four. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Jesus Christ is coming back. He said he is, he said he would, and he is coming back. And his promise is that he went to heaven. Acts 1, he left this earth to be with the Father in heaven to prepare a place for us. And he said, I am coming back for you. Jesus is coming back. There's no question about that. In fact, all things we said in things on things no things all things point to his return that he is coming back for you and he's coming back for me all of it do you know that 1845 verses in the old testament talk about the return of jesus 1,845 verses in the Old Testament point to his return, not his original advent or incarnation, not Christmas, not when he came the first time. The Old Testament, 1,845 times talk about him coming back for us, the second coming. That's pretty awesome. In the Old Testament, also many verses obviously talk about him coming the first time as a baby, but 1,845 talk about him returning for us one day. For every prophecy in the Bible about Jesus coming the first time, there are eight prophecies about Jesus returning for us. For every prophecy about him coming as a baby in Bethlehem, there are eight verses about him returning in glory for us one day. Incredible, right? 260 chapters in the New Testament, There are 318 references to Jesus returning for us one day. You know what that means? It means one out of every 30 verses in the New Testament are about Jesus coming for us again someday. I think it's a big deal, don't you? I think it's important. And it's so important. He said... Not only did I raise from the dead so that I could prepare a place for you and then come back and get you one day, it's also a call for you and me to live like we are raised with Christ, to seek Him who is above, to set our mind on things above, not on earthly things, not be distracted or assaulted or discouraged or left to our own thinking but set our minds on Jesus. That's why every verse of scripture in God's word that calls you and me to seek him and to find him and to think about him and to want him, all of it is because he wants to raise us from the dead of our, own, our old selves and raise us to walk in new life with him, to enjoy him forever and ever and ever and ever. You are not a prisoner of your past. You are privileged to live in Jesus for eternity. How do we know that we will be with him in glory? How do we know that we get to be a part of that? Because the promises of God have revealed it, that you are one with God in Jesus and you also have been raised and you will meet him in the sky and we will live with him forever. The resurrection of Jesus ensured it. He rose so that you and I could also rise. We are one with Him. And the Holy Spirit, the testimony of the Holy Spirit declares it in your life. We get to live, breathe, walk in joy eat, drink, whatever you do, we do it for the glory of God. Whatever we enjoy, we do it for the glory of God. All things belong to Him. That's a good word this morning, isn't it? As the worship team comes back up, I just want to kind of walk us through this last little thought. All creation... All creation is waiting for you and me to be revealed. Waiting for us to see and enjoy and understand that we are part of the glorious revolution of the work of Jesus on the cross for us. For His glory. All creation watch. Roman 8 even says it. All creation waits with eager longing for the sons of God, the daughters of God to be revealed. They exist. They play a part. It's the design of God on this earth that all of creation reflects His glory. And all the rest of creation, not humans, all the rest of creation is waiting for you and me to have our eyes opened so that we can see who he really is. They get it. All the rest of creation knows it. Romans 1.20 says, from the very beginning, God's mysterious nature, his divine character has been clearly seen in all creation so that no one has an excuse creation gets it. They can't help but reflect the glory of God. So all of this, in things, on things, no things, all things, being raised with Christ, being seated with him one day, all of this is a call to you and me to reflect his glory in our lives. It's not an impossible task. It's very possible. You know how? How? because all we do is call on the name of Jesus. Jesus, help me. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, today I'm going to be overwhelmed by decisions and people and choices and things, and I've got a lot to do, and a lot of people are depending on me, and I'm going to let a lot of people down, and I'm going to be mad I'm going to get angry. I'm going to cry. I'm going to scream. I'm going to cuss. I'm going to do all kinds of things today that do not reflect your glory. Jesus, I need you in me. Let me see you. Let me find you. Change me. It's a simple calling on his name. Jesus, help me today. It's that simple. Some of us in this room don't know Jesus or you have big doubts in your life about whether or not you know Jesus. Are you're swarmed by depression and anxiety and addiction or fear, doubts, worries, consequences of your wrong choices. This morning, I want to invite you to just lay it at His feet. Lay that down before Him. We're going to enter into a time of communion and, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray with me before we go there. And I want to invite you, if you have doubts, questions, you want to know today that Jesus died for you, he's all yours. It's all yours. And then as we prepare to go to these tables, and share communion together. We think about the body being broken for our sin. We do that with thanksgiving. In all things, give thanks. So we take that bread. And we take that cup, the juice, and it's a reflection, a symbol of the blood of Jesus Christ poured out for you and me. And in all things, we give thanks because Jesus poured his blood out for us so in all things i want to invite you as an individual or with your family to come to these tables take the elements and do it in remembrance of Jesus Christ his life poured out for you 1st corinthians 11 says, don't do this lightly. Don't just come and eat. Don't just come and drink. But examine your heart. And so as I pray, I also want to invite you to examine your heart, lay it before Jesus, say, God, let me take this with the right spirit. My life is not completely right, but because of you, I am the righteousness of God. And now I drink and eat because of what you have done for me. Tell him about it. Lay your life out before him. Let him make your heart ready. And then when you are ready, not perfect, but when you're ready, eat in remembrance of me. Drink in remembrance of Jesus. This is a great invitation for us this morning. Will you pray with me? Father, as we slow down our lives we're back in school trying to find rhythms father struggling with so many things people sick and dying all around us people making decisions that affect our lives and it hurts makes us angry God, we are making choices in our own lives that are hurting us and others. God, we struggle with all that. Struggle with seeing You on the daily and remembering who You are. God, we struggle to set our mind on things that are above. God, we wrestle with seeking You as you prepare a place for us. God, I pray this morning, we could set all that aside and just see you. If you were in this room and you don't know that you've trusted Jesus, I just want to invite you just to admit to God that you're a sinner. God, we admit that we have done things that hurt you, that we are doing things that hurt you, that our lives hurt you. But God, we believe that Jesus is your son, died on the cross, rose from the dead, went back to be with you to prepare a place for us. Just pray, God, I believe. And then just tell him, God, I know that Jesus is your son. And I know that he did this for me freely. God, I accept that. Help me accept that. God, help me to live in that. In the name of Jesus, he has given you new life. Receive it. Walk in it. God, prepare us to take these communion elements to remember that we are all one body paid for by you. We are all one body covered by your blood. We celebrate this and thank you. In the name of Jesus, we pray.
0: And that's this week's message. We hope that you are encouraged and inspired. If you would like to join our online campus and experience the service as it happens live, go follow us on Facebook or YouTube by searching The River in Panhandle, Texas. Have an amazing and blessed week.